0: Well, I think consistency is people's uh, biggest problem. It's like everybody wants to start something. At some point in everyone's life, they've probably said, I want to write a book, I want to be in a band, and I want to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) So before you start a YouTube channel, my advice is make a list of 100 ideas of
1: videos. That's Scott offering a bit of practical advice on how to start a YouTube channel. Today's episode of Pair Characters is a little bit different. I'm interviewing Scott and Simeon from Two Button Crew, and I talk to them about how they started their YouTube channel. They also have a website, a podcast, and even their own t-shirts, and we talk about how and why two best friends end up running a small empire like that. Scott and Simeon have very clear ideas about what they want their channel and community to be about, so I hope you'll enjoy this episode of Clear Characters. My name is Seventh Son. Hi Scott, Simeon, welcome to Player Characters. Thank you. Thank you very much. My task here is to talk to the people that are that are working with games or, or in the games industry in, in some way or the other. And I want to hear what what motivates them, what drives them, what made them chose that career in, in video games in the first place. Sort of get all the juicy details about how they did it, how you did it. And hopefully I can get a glimpse behind the scenes and, and maybe I can even inspire other people to do the same. So. Why don't you tell me a little bit about about yourselves and, and what it is you do?
0: Okay, so we are a duo on YouTube, and we kind of want to be like the retin link of gaming, but our particular niche is Nintendo fans. And this is the outlet that we've arrived at after a couple iterations of what we call Two Button Crew, which is our our joint venture together, but we've tried kind of all things in the gaming industry, from journalism to indie development. And uh, yeah, now we are doing a live show with streaming and playing games together. Oh, nice.
1: And yeah. I just uh, I just sort of scrolled through your channel. It, it started almost three years ago. Oh, That's right. The first right. video that I can see, at least, is, is almost three years old.
2: That's right. We started in, I think, late May um, or early June, uh, a couple years ago. Well, now it's been almost three years. It's yeah. crazy because we, uh, um, our first goal was to make it to the two-year point, and so that's the thing that stuck in my head, but we're, we're past that now. So, yeah, we've been going for about three years, and we were actually daily, uh, or I should say week daily, for two years straight um, and a little bit over that, up to 600 episodes. So that was our first huge milestone that we, we made was – um, every weekday for a little bit over 2 years
1: yeah that's that's pretty amazing i, I um i sort of uh, i researched you guys a little bit but i couldn't uh, watch all your videos of course because of course. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I, I had to scroll pretty long to, to find that first video just to see where you guys started at uh, mm-hmm. and interesting and that and that means of course that you you actually did this before the the switch was was even announced so so you're not just jumping on the bandwagon there at all
0: Yeah, that was a little rough, honestly, debuting onto the scene in the Wii U era, which is like Nintendo's lowest selling thing ever, besides the failure of the Virtual Boy, but it was really startling coming from the super successful Wii to the Wii U, where a new game would only come out every quarter (laughs) or something like that, and trying to make a video every weekday during that time was like, what are we going to talk about? We'll have to make some stuff up.
2: And and that was one of my fears initially starting this, because... Scott had the, orish, uh, the original idea, and he kind of pitched it to me saying, this is where I see two-button crew going. This is um, what I see. And my initial push, pushback was, okay, if we're going to focus in on Nintendo, are we going to have enough stuff to talk about for every weekday? But thankfully, we did, and there, there was never any sort of short on things to talk about. Um, in the Nintendo world, over that time, even in Nintendo's slowest
1: time. Yeah. Yeah, and now of course uh, the Switch is uh, the biggest thing on the block uh, mm-hmm. in in some ways. So so now you have a lot of things to talk about, I guess. And and they're they're moving on in the indie scene, and it's going great. So, oh yeah. So so that must be awesome <laughs> for you. Yeah, we uh, we actually right
2: around the launch window of the Switch um, during and right after we experienced like a huge boost in people interested in what Nintendo was doing. It yeah. was, um, it was night and day difference, like before and after, as far as audience response and how many people were interested
1: in what Nintendo was doing. So yeah. So you call yourselves the the, the biggest Nintendo fans on on the internet or just YouTube or <laughs> in general in the world in the world? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's a. Uh, I'd say
2: I'd say we're we're collectively the biggest Nintendo fans. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty dedicated.
1: And of course, uh, people listening they they can't see your logo, but I can. And, and uh, the two button crew that it looks to me that uh, that's inspired by the original NES uh, controller. Yeah, that only had uh, two buttons. Of course, uh, they sort yep. of uh, invented that. Uh, if if people are. are so young as you or as young as you guys maybe they, they they don't know that the controllers before then or actually joysticks as they were they only had one button mostly and uh, most of the times right. you just had the one button uh, i think some of them had two buttons but but intended <laughs> they they really did something completely different with that square little thing there that that worked so well it, it, it's <laughs> not you know, if you look at it it looks like something really horrible to he- hold in your hands for a long time but it's right. not really actually it works well but it's pretty uh,
2: comfortable they they um made, like, grips for the controller, mm-hmm. um, which I had for a long time, but they, they made it less comfortable than the initial <laughs> rectangular design. And the the two-button crew name, um, you know, oftentimes people say, you know, the you know, Scott and Simeon are the two buttons, and that's, that not, that's uh, not where it comes from. It actually comes from our passion, which is the, those old, simple um, retro games. And in our initial... Um, iteration i guess i should say as two button crew when we were um, developing is that was our passion is to create games that were um, simple and went back to that retro feel
1: yeah i i just looked at your website and you're actually four people now as i see it yeah we have a number of people there are some
0: that just haven't taken the time to write their bio for the website or else they would be there too Uh, and we're also kind of looking to expand because we need help. We're doing uh, so many things that sometimes social media falls through the cracks. Like We're so busy creating videos that there's these other areas that we've neglected, and we want more people to join the crew.
1: Yeah, Um, I want to get into that later on. But first, I I actually want to to really go back and ask you, what's your first memory of gaming?
0: Okay, I grew up with uh, Sega Genesis, I thought that it was my older brother's, but my dad told me last week that he bought it to play Sonic the Hedgehog, (laughs) so I was originally a Sega kid, and I liked games like Sonic, Streets of Rage, Street Fighter, Altered Beast, and stuff like that, but the moment that I first saw a Nintendo game, I was hooked, and I saw that it was of a higher quality, a higher polish, and I just never looked back from Nintendo since then. I have really only ever owned their own platforms.
2: Um, and for for myself, um, my brothers got uh, an NES for Christmas, and I think it was before I was born. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, right out of the womb, I was playing video games, but, you know, it was like really hard games, like Mega Man 2. Like, Mega oh. Man 2 is probably one of the very first games that I remember playing. And I didn't actually get to beating it until I was like 14 years old or something, but, uh, um, so Mega Man 2, um, Super Mario Bros., Super Mario Bros. 3, those were probably my earliest memories. And then growing up, we always had like the less popular console. We took like the Sega route, so um, we had NES all the way through um, the early 90s. So we didn't have Super Nintendo, we didn't have Sega Genesis, but we got Sega Saturn when it came out. Um, and then we got Sega Dreamcast when it came out, and I didn't have an N64 or a PlayStation, um, and I didn't have a PlayStation until just recently, actually. Um, <laughs> and so, but I'm I'm really really glad that we got that because without that, I probably would never have played like the Sega Saturn games that are great, and the Sega Dreamcast that are great uh, games that are great. Um, but now I have the chance to play all of those popular games like the PlayStation games and the Nintendo 64 games because they're so common. And so yeah. many people have those consoles that they're
0: um, available. It's easy to backlog, right? I like how you <laughs> had to specify there that the Dreamcast wasn't great. It was the games. That were...
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the Dreamcast <laughs> itself was great too, but it, before its time. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll say that.
1: I never actually played the Dreamcast <laughs> myself, not at all. Um, I think I was in college, high school at the time, so I didn't really play games. But you had. Do you have any like uh, specific moment with the game or something that w- that really clicked with you and you s- just knew okay this this is just amazing this is my whole life now. Hmm.
0: Well, yeah, when I got converted into <laughs> a Nintendo fan was when I think it was Super Mario Bros. Three on NES. Yeah. And like I mentioned, just the polish and stuff. Yeah. That Nintendo polish is something that I've admired for. Uh, 20 years, but I've only put it into words on a blog recently where I yeah. kind of broke it down. What is it that Nintendo does that makes their games feel unique and, um, on a different level? So it, it was interesting kind of breaking that down and figuring out why I prefer Nintendo games.
2: For me, I think it was, um, two separate moments, and that was, um, First is just the early memories of playing video games with my brothers, um, uh, playing Mega Man 2, even though I couldn't beat it. Playing Street Fighter on the computer with my brothers, playing, um, you know, those old fighting games with them. Um, I think those were, you know, just those snapshots um, of of those games. And then later on. Um, I think it was the announcement trailer for the Wii. Scott actually was the one who showed it to me, and I think that was one of those points where I'm like, okay, this is, um, is sp- more specifically Nintendo, because I kind of became an orphan <laughs> uh, a- after after the Dreamcast died. It's like I, you know, I we had the original Nintendo, and that's fun to go back and play, but. You know, everybody else is, you know, with their Xboxes and Playstations and whatnot. And uh, that announcement trailer for the Wii, seeing that for the first time and then waiting in line and getting that. I think those two were things that kind of cemented me as a Nintendo fan. If Mm -hmm. I remember
0: right, Wii was the
2: first console for both of us that we saved up and purchased brand new.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're youngins. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that uh, my, my listeners, they know this, but my, my moment was, was I, I grew up with uh, arcade machines and of course the, the handhelds, mm-hmm. uh, the small, just one game handhelds that uh, Nintendo obviously also dominated with the Game & Watch series. And, and they were like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and games like that. I had mm-hmm. Greenhouse, the, the, the double screen one that nobody wanted. Uh, because <laughs> the, uh, Donkey Kong was actually sold out when I went to the store with my mom, um, so I had that one and played it a whole lot. And they were really simple games, and of course, all the, the arcade games w- were kind of simple. Some some of them had had like a, a scrolling screen, but it was it wasn't always a scrolling screen. Some of them also just had the the the, the, the single screen, and you just that's okay. And also, of course, the first Mario Brothers game was also uh, like that. Mm. So so when I, my friend and I. We, we played the Super Mario Brothers game and it had the, the scrolling screen and, and the, the different worlds, like it really just, it, it wasn't just like sort of a new level, but it's completely redesigned and completely you can sort of see different. this is a new world with, with new ideas in it and new monsters in it. and we were like, oh wow, this is really impressive. And then mm-hmm. the thing that really blew my mind is that, I think it's 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 world one one or one two in Super Mario Bros. where you s- at some point you find out you can actually jump up above the the sort of the the, the ceiling and you can walk up there and at, at first you're thinking oh wow now I'm am standing behind the the score and this is this is, this must be an error and you're trying <laughs> to okay so just walking along the, the, the whole the um, whole level there and then you find out there's a warp uh, the the warp pipes uh, yes. after the actual level so then you know oh that this is they did this on purpose oh my. God my mind is blown <laughs> like holy there's actually secret stuff in this game right and of course the, the the some of the pipes you have to just it doesn't tell you to 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 jump down in this pipe so you can just sort mm-hmm. of see wow there's this amazing world that they built into this game that is sort of a secret it's we are supposed to to dig that out and find it mm. and, and and play it and, and realizing that a video game could do that was completely mind-blowing to me uh, yeah. and yeah so so that's so where I, that's where I started and and, mm. and then you can uh, you can you can tell how old I am of course <laughs> that's, that's a little bit before the movie, just a little bit <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah um so but let's uh, just let's jump a little bit forward to to the youtube thing then and how did you get started on youtube um let's see so Simeon and i had both gotten
0: married recently and we've been best friends for too many years now 16 or 16 or 17
2: years like something like that
0: but we used to see each other all the time then we got married and we both moved and stuff like that got too busy uh jobs full-time yeah. work stuff like that and we just need to figure out a way that we could at least see each other once a week so i started brainstorming some projects and i've been watching good mythical morning by rhett and link on youtube are you familiar with them no no okay they're some of the most famous youtubers right now um, and they've been with youtube since the beginning but they're this comedy duo and they had this youtube show which was every weekday and you'd sit down at a table, and they would talk about something together. And I liked that approach because it looked like it was minimal editing. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down like all these pros and cons of why we could do a show like that, and I showed it to Simeon. And then you had to think about it for a little while, right? I did.
2: I did. had to talk it over with the wife, too, and she was like, this is something you have to do. And I'm like, okay, if it's something <laughs> i got to do, and let's give it a shot.
1: That's nice. She she convinces you to do it.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and of course, uh, um, our our wives are best friends to each other as well. So that works out really nicely. We we film in the room and they get to hang out as well.
1: <laughs> and and now you're doing a show every weekday.
2: Well, um, we were doing this show every weekday, um, and we did that for six hundred episodes and right before we got to that point um, we kind of got to this point where we're like okay we've we've passed the point where we've proven to our fans and proven to ourselves that we have the consistency and we have the ability to keep up with this but we wanted to do something new it it wasn't that um, it was getting the formula was necessarily getting old but we wanted to spice things up try something different we Mm -hmm. wanted to do more live streaming and so we've changed the format to yeah i can clarify something because when i said earlier
0: we wanted to see each other at least once a week and we did a week daily show that might be confusing so we would record on saturday for a couple hours and make multiple videos come home and edit them Ah. and upload them throughout the week day okay so that's how it was being done back Mm. then now uh go ahead
2: oh now now we do the live streams usually on saturday um, but, you know, my, my schedule is not consistent, so sometimes it has to be a Sunday or a Monday. Um, and so we um, we stream for a couple hours, and we break it up into four different segments. We do the classic games first. Or no, we do new games first, mm-hmm. get people excited, and then we um, do, do do news. And then we do what's called a feature, and that's uh, something that we come up with, whether it's a game or we talk about, recently we talked about Game of the Year, we mm-hmm. out awards. Top 10 lists. Top 10 whatever. lists. <laughs> wh- whatever it is, the, the random stuff that we come up with in our, in our heads, we do that, and then we finish off with a classic game.
3: Yep. And,
0: and there's actually
2: one more video. It's Patreon
0: exclusive, though. Right. So it's kind of like we're still making five videos on a weekend, just like we used to, except we're streaming our recording process live now, and more effort goes into the preparation of the live show. And the video overlays and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then we just deliver it all live uh, for the people who can make it. And then the people who can't watch live or have to go during the middle of it, we upload those videos throughout the week. So on the outside, it's like our process hasn't changed that much, except Mm -hmm. for they can watch all the videos as we create them. Uh, But on the back end, it's kind of nice for us. It's less editing, uh, although more prep work. Mm-hmm. And we get to have a live audience that interacts with us in the chat. Mm. And we were doing it the old way, basically in one take every time anyway. Right. So it's like, we might as
2: well go live while we do this.
1: Yeah. So are you, are you streaming on YouTube or is that on Twitch or somewhere else?
2: Um, so right now we're streaming to four different services. Um, we're streaming to YouTube, which is probably our most uh, popular mm-hmm. service. We're also sw- uh, streaming to Twitch. Um we're streaming to Mixer, and I think we've gotten like one chat response from Mixer. Yeah. And then we also stream to Periscope, which apparently the quality hasn't been that good, and the people that chime in on the chat um, are very strange, uh, to say the <laughs> least. We, we've we've had we, we don't know exactly what's going on in the Periscope world, and they might so be robots. They, they they very well might be robots because they all say the same thing regard uh, same things regard or salam, i think is another one which is probably hello in their language but it's the same two languages and yeah. then yeah so so i don't know what our future is with periscope but it's so it's, it's a little strange but we're, we're able to stream to all four of those services and see their uh um, their chats at the same time so um probably our biggest audience is on youtube but um Anybody who watches us on Twitch or Mixer or the robots that watch us mm-hmm. on Periscope, um, they can all chime in on the chat too, and they all have input as well.
1: Oh, okay. And and you, you like the format, the the, the, the community building of it?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason why is because we've always had the best audience. Yes. If we had, I guess I'd say, the industry standard YouTube comments, We might not like that, but it's pretty cool. Like Because we've done things intentionally without cutting corners and doing follow for follow and subscribe to me and I'll subscribe to you back, stuff like that, we actually get real genuine Nintendo fans that actually like us and say nice things. So we've built a really tight-knit community, and although it's small, it's uh, genuine and friendly. Mm -hmm. So it's our nice uncommon bright corner of youtube i'd say
2: <laughs> I, and i would agree with that and oftentimes people will come in and they'll look at you know our channel and they'll see you know our setups pretty pretty professional looking at least on this side of the screen. I mean, looking out sometimes, you know, we have two mattresses that are just up against the wall because they need to be um, <laughs> certain things. Up the wall. Yeah, certain certain lights are normally held up with sticky tack or duct tape or whatever it is. But, you know, they see the quality of what we do. And we, we put a lot of thought into the quality of what we do. And they see that and they go, wow, you guys are doing these quality videos. And then they see our sus- subscriber count, which, you know, I can't complain about it, but it's, you know, relatively small. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, uh, say, you know, how, why do you have, you know, such a small group? And it's, it's, um, I, I don't know exactly why, but I'm glad for the ones that we do have because the ones we do have are commenting, they're, um, being nice to everybody else. They are people who are consistent. We see them every single week when we live stream, uh, or, you know, see them weekly in the comments and they're, they're always They've always been supportive. Um, They've always been nice to us, been nice to everyone else. And so
3: um,
2: I definitely can't complain for the fans that we have.
0: That comment Simeon mentioned about why don't you guys have more subscribers, that's one of our most common ones. Another one is we used to say to everybody that we didn't recognize by their username or avatar, welcome to the crew. That's how we would respond. Or Mm. if someone popped in a live chat, that's what we'd say. Mm. And now... Uh, a lot of our subscribers are saying that to other people that they don't recognize, so that's another really common one we see.
1: Mm, okay, so it's, you're you're creating a meme within your community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In, in a good way, I mean, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. super positive because that's one of the things that I sort of see is the the biggest difference between Twitch and YouTube is that in the beginning, I. I like I didn't really see the difference I was like it's just people playing games whether it's on delay as a video on demand or live what was the difference mm-hmm. but but I definitely think that like like YouTube videos normally they they have to be a bit more like prepared they have to have a subject and something specific going on because the the, the stream the streams they have that uh, immediacy like this is going on live so you can chat to people and and, and in that mm-hmm. way you don't need so much of a preparation uh, or some of the, mm-hmm. the the big streamers, they don't because they they can just have a community and they can talk to the fans and they can sort of have right. had that thing going on. So yep. I think it's interesting that you sort of can combine those two things. But it looks to me like like uh, if you really want to make it on Twitch, at least that you sort of have to stream every day, like um, mm-hmm. at least uh, eight hours. And 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 on the flip side of that, you can see uh, lots of smaller twitch streamers they they want to do the 24-hour streams and i i can see that it works i don't understand why actually why why does it pull in people that you've been streaming for 24 hours i don't know because that doesn't seem logical to me at all but but it certainly does work uh uh, in in a sense because i think there was a guy who died doing that so that's of course uh not so good but you you're just doing it once a week uh and right and it's still you can you can you can make that work
2: that, yeah, uh, and I think, you know, you mentioned the, the guy who passed away while doing the 24-hour stream. Um, I think I think that almost almost brings on a morbid curiosity for some people that they'll mm. say, you know, I wonder if this guy is, you know, falling asleep <laughs> or if he's drooling or how many energy drinks he's had or if he's going to, you know, fall over and we're not going to see him again. Yeah, we tried to do a 24-hour
0: live stream <laughs> one time. And- <laughs> Not as like a new format or anything, just a one-time celebration of the Wii's 10th anniversary. Yeah. Because like we talked about earlier, Wii was near and dear to our hearts. So when it came around that a decade had passed, we wanted to play Wii games for 24 hours. And we (laughs) really prepared this stream. We did a spreadsheet with what games we were going to be playing from the popular ones to obscure ones and everything. And how many hours did we get in?
2: I think we got probably about 18 hours in, mm. and we were about to um, switch over to some of our our favorites, yes. uh, some more competitive fighting games, because up until then we'd been playing. You know, I'd been playing Skyward Sword, trying to complete that. We took shifts; you would sleep, and then I would sleep. Um, and then we we made it to about 18 hours, and we just finished playing We Play. Um, and we heard this gigantic boom sound that like shook the the apartment (laughs) complex. I'm like, what is that? And everything went off, and some guy, I don't remember if he was on drugs or if he was drunk, but he was being chased by the police, probably both. (laughs) He was being chased by the police, and he ran into the power transformer, completely cut off power, for the rest of the day, and so we couldn't complete our stream. Where, If you go back and look at our stream, you'll see where we ended We Play. Mm-hmm. And it looks like such a natural break that it, it was <laughs> planned that we were done. And they're like, well, where's the rest of it? But... Yep. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Uh, so so we, we went and had lunch, and power wasn't on until it would have already been past the 24 hours anyway. So yeah. we were
0: done. <laughs> it's like we've been awake so long, and the power went out. We still wanted to do the rest of our stream. We didn't know when the power is gonna come back. So it's like it wasn't safe for us to sleep. We just had to stay up and play Pokemon cards with yes. each other and see if the lights came back on, but they never did. Wow.
1: What a story. <laughs> That's so crazy. Wow. Okay, um so you mentioned your your, your schedule, so I sort of uh surmise that you're not doing this professionally then. You have you have jobs uh in, in, in the day? Oh and doing the weekend. Yeah. No our eighty
0: four dollars a month on Patreon isn't quite covering the bills, so (laughs) we we do have our own jobs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I work uh uh flipping burgers at Applebee's. Um and so that's that's what I'm doing now.
1: And I do graphic design work. Oh. But that's uh not to be rude, but I'm thinking that flipping burgers is not something you want to do, like, <laughs> so for a career, but a graphic designer, that's, that's, that's a real career, sorry, a real career. So, so, so that's not something that, uh, that, I mean, uh, how to say this, like, um, That seems to be more like a Mac job flipping burgers that puts uh, an interest in you to, okay, I got to make this YouTube thing work Mm -hmm. because I have to quit this job. But being a graphic designer sounds more like something you'd actually want to do. So maybe, like, are you trying to to go full-time with the YouTube thing or or, or are you just satisfied with this and building a community that you have?
0: Well uh it is nice being able to do graphic design and stuff but it's not really my passion like although i'm good at it i am Mm -hmm. always trying to do these side projects like two button crew and i also love to write and i published a novel a month ago so it's not like i do want to be a graphic designer for the rest of my life it'd be great if money started shooting out of our laptop (laughs) uh but We've found that like you basically get through advertisements a $1 dollar for a thousand views on YouTube, mm-hmm. and that it's like you can only make a living on YouTube if you're in the top percentile. Yeah, so like you have to to subsidize it other ways, whether it be Patreon or offering paid content and stuff. I mean, we turned off ads because they were doing basically nothing and nobody likes them. We don't like ads. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Our viewers of course didn't like them. So it's like, we just decided to go the Patreon route. And I would say like, if we could do this for a living, that would be very enticing. Uh, Although Simeon has his passions of his own too. So.
2: And and that's true. And and you're definitely right is I, I don't want to be flipping burgers for the rest of my life. Um, I, um, I don't mind the job but um, my passions are obviously video games and uh, teaching and I got to teach for a year um, uh, last school year um, and I'd like to do that again and I think I think what kind of sums up for both of us is and and we've we've gone on record saying this before is that um, if two button crew became, a business and we got you know all the subscribers and you know money flowing in from wherever um, that would be great and you know I would love to have our own office and be able to do that full-time that would be great but even if it doesn't we don't do this for the money like every all of the money that we get from patreon goes back into um, making the show better, mm. like it doesn't go like into our pockets or anything. It goes right back into production. And so our motivation is not we want to make this our careers, which if it did, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Our motivation is um, we love hanging out, we mm-hmm. love talking about video games, mm. we like sharing that community um, with everyone else. And so, so it's exactly the same as it was
0: when we started right. over two years ago. We get to see each other more often, we get to play video games, and we have a lot of fun along the way. Mm -hmm. And I get to to use some skills like video editing and graphic design and stuff to make things look nice. Simeon gets to use his shining personality, (laughs) uh, his anger at hard video games, it all gets put (laughs) to good use.
2: Yeah, I'm basically the freeloader here. He does all the hard work, and then I just i'm here i don't know exactly why he has me here
1: but
2: <laughs> i i have a lot of fun well, i think it's I sort of uh, it shows
1: <laughs> that like it's it's sort of impressive that that you don't have ads on on your channel at all and mm-hmm. and and you can sort of see that you're doing this just for the love because it's like you're doing this and you're putting in a lot of work and and, uh, and you don't get paid a whole lot for it so so that must be, be, be because you like it and mm-hmm. um uh, and I and like uh, Scott you mentioned that you you have a have a Patreon uh, subscription thing going and I see that you also have a podcast uh, and you have a, you have some uh, apparel you, people can buy a, a two button crew uh, shirt and, and of course you have a website which is twobuttoncrew.com Oh
0: yeah and I forgot about the apparel thank you <laughs>
1: <that>. <laughs> I'm looking right at it so and and like what, what made you what made you decide to 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 build a a full website for for your I, as you say, perhaps small small YouTube channel. or I... hmm.
0: One of the things we can do on our website is blog, which has been awesome because we have people on our team who are dedicated writers. They don't make videos and stuff. And that's really powerful because I feel like it's good for discoverability, whereas videos are engaging. You don't really come across videos on Google that often, whereas written articles are search engine optimize their keyword laced throughout them. So I think that helps people find us. And like I mentioned too, I love writing myself, so I get to be in that blogging rotation with the team and it's really fun.
2: And I think that, uh, the website, um, does a couple of things. First of all is Scott's good at all that technical stuff, um, making websites and designs and whatnot. And so that gave him another creative output, um, Within Two Button Crew is to do that. And also, we wanted to do things right, right off the bat. Like, we didn't, we, we understand that, you know, people have to start somewhere. And we definitely had our own start with our own cheesy videos from when we were kids <laughs> doing puppets and whatnot. Um, but when, when we kicked off um, the daily show, we wanted to do everything right. We wanted to have the best quality. Um, and and no, mat- no matter how many people saw it, we wanted to um, give the people that did see it and give ourselves the, the best quality that we could give. Um, you know, we have the lights, we have, you know, a, a good camera, we, you know, put as much effort into the set mm-hmm. and the research and whatnot as we can so that it is quality. And that's also, you know, part of a, a resume. I, could, I guess you could say, like, if an employer says, you know, what have you done with your life? And I could, I could say, I've played <laughs> video games all my life, but then I could, or I could show them I did a, week daily show Mm -hmm. for two years straight and this is the quality of it yeah and we we built a digital empire right (laughs) we we we, we built a brand that nobody may pay attention to but at least it's there for us and it's rewarding for for us to see it as well
0: and the website is also somewhat of a contingency plan like we don't ever want to be seen as just a youtube channel we always have that home on the web where even if youtube changes its rules which they do all the time if we get kicked off of youtube if uh if you're not allowed to have a Patreon page if you're a YouTuber or something like that, people will still know where to find us mm. where where we make the rules and uh, we can survive if YouTube gets taken down or something. Right. So
1: Yeah, actually that's that's that would be my next question because I have like I'm I'm seeing so many YouTube channels and, and, and Twitch streamers and they in my opinion they rarely uh like take ownership of their their audience they just leave it on the the platform of their choice which of course like you just said if something changes you you've basically lost your audience because youtube owns that audience you don't uh, at Mm -hmm. all uh, unless you do something about it Uh, and and maybe twitch won't shut down anytime soon and youtube probably won't either but but still i don't understand why why more Uh, Content creators—they don't have their own website. Why don't have an email list and and do sort of stuff to to make sure that they also own their own customers? Why why do you think that that you are one of the the few channels that 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 have done this? Um, I would
0: say we kind of got a good start. Like, The Daily Show goes back two years, but we've had Two Button Crew as a brand for like nine years, Mm -hmm. and you know that pops up throughout this interview, like, we made a game way back when, stuff like that. We had a blog at one time, and that's what twobuttoncrew.com was, so it's like, we've had the domain, we've used it for our email addresses, and over the years, like, we've always wanted to renew that domain, because uh, that's where our email has been for a decade, <laughs> so, uh, so we always keep that website, and it reflects whatever we're working on at the time. And I will say that This show that we've made over the last few years has been really the only time we've done something intentionally with Two Button Crew as adults to be lasting, to not just be some passing project that Mm -hmm. we had. So, yeah, I I don't want to make it sound like the show is going to go away, like things have changed over the years with Two Button Crew multiple times. But, yeah, we've had that website for a long time, so now we're putting it to really good use.
1: Ah, okay, yeah, okay. So, so that's it's really a a a labor of long time uh, you've made there. Okay,
2: Mm -hmm. and and I also think um, on YouTubers and Twitch players defenses is, um, I think a lot of especially YouTubers they, you know, they they make their content you know for their friends or whatever, and their intent is to you know make something funny or you know, maybe make something go viral. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of suddenly thrust into that position where now you're a YouTuber, now you're making money, um, now you're, you know, in L.A. at the YouTube studios, you know, doing your 9 to 5 with them. Um, you're just trying to keep up. Yeah, you're, you're trying to keep up, and they're, you know, kind of suddenly put into this spotlight of, um, you were twiddling around doing whatever, <laughs> and now now you're famous. Now you have to deal with this. And so that's all they know is, this is what I did to get here. I guess this is what I continue to do. Mm. Um, whereas we were, you know, we have this kind of, you know, two-button crew that we want to we keep at that. And then, you know, YouTube is so fickle, um, especially when uh, Nintendo came out with their no live stream policy or or whatever that was Mm -hmm. that they did. Yeah, sadly,
0: Nintendo is really hard to work with.
2: Yeah, and and they are. And we, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, taking off the ads was the right decision. It's like, we don't want to rely on these other sources, you know. And then, of course, Patreon tried to turn on us as well with their weird... Um, fees that they were trying to throw on people who were donating money and yeah it was a big money grab yeah and thankfully they they went back on that and kept their original deal so yeah it's i think that in their defense is that's that's what they've known Mm -hmm. and we were just a little bit more prepared of spread it out and not be so reliant on any one outlet
1: yeah i mean of course like we just said, you've had your channel for three years, but still, I think this, especially for, for, for gaming channels on YouTube, it still feels a little bit like a, a new thing uh, to, at least to me and I think to, to many people and, and, and of course it is compared to TV, but, but obviously if you've had your, 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 sort of, your empire for 10 years, that's, that's not a new thing. That's, that's been going for, on for a while. So, so, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. I think that yeah, you've, you've done this. Uh, I just find it, I find it strange that, like, People will go to such extreme lengths to to get views on YouTube. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, that guy that got shot by his girlfriend because he wanted to make a bulletproof vest and he didn't even <laughs> test it. Like, so he, like, <laughs> I he did not killed. hear
2: about that.
1: <laughs> so, like, oh well, some dude wanted to see if, uh, if a if a, a a Desert Eagle, the biggest handgun handgun in the world, could shoot through a, I don't know, a telephone book or a, some metal thing, and he had his girlfriend do it, and she killed him um oh and you just enough so, people
0: clicked on ads to, <laughs> to pay for his funeral and so. you're
1: thinking if you if you're that, that desperate for views maybe you can also just look at this thing in a different light and see oh maybe i can do some other thing instead of just s- solely focusing on getting more views like if i can mm-hmm. own my viewers the views that i have maybe i can get some money through patreon or, or, yep. or a t-shirt yes. or whatever instead of trying to figure out some insane scheme that gets you killed <laughs> like yeah i mean <laughs> it would even better to sell a t-shirt on on some site that makes t-shirts for you right no yeah nah. i'm just a little bit confused about <laughs> these things sometimes <laughs> but uh, yeah
0: but we try to play the long game where like we don't make clickbait titles and unrelated thumbnails and stuff like that cuz oh, no. we want We want people to stick around and not get burned by trusting us. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of focused on the long game in that way.
1: Yeah. So along those lines, um, like speaking of people that become famous and and, and also your like role in in whatever YouTube is, do you have any peers or or anybody that you, you can sort of ask for advice? Is there any, like, you don't have a boss. and and you don't have an hr department or 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 you don't have a union rep or Mm -hmm. you don't have these things so so what is there uh, like is there another system do do youtubers reach out to you and say hey guys we see and uh blah blah blah, you should do this or that or, or are you just are you completely on your own how does that even work every every once in a
2: while we'll get you know somebody who will want to collaborate with us or who will give us advice um that doesn't happen honestly too often. We have um, uh, Game Over Jesse. He's a little bit more popular YouTube channel. He does a lot of Legend of Zelda videos mm-hmm. and also various other videos. And um, we've been working, you know, with him for a while. Um, but um, that's about it. That's about it, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, he deserves a shout out because he's put us under his wing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, yeah, feels like we're on
2: our own. Yeah. And and that's and it's been nice that it's not just the two of us. We also have Ryan, we have Glenn, um, we have a bunch of others who have you know come alongside and kind of bolstered it. So it's not just the two of us yeah. trying to do blog and write all these things and.
0: I mean, I get emails all the time from generic multi-channel networks that say. Hey, notice you have a YouTube channel. Join our thing, and I just delete them right away. Like, in, unless somebody reaches out specifically about us having watched our content and mm. has some like uh, individualized advice or offer, then I just don't pay attention to those.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Do you think there's uh, is there a lot of uh, competition competition between YouTubers, like hostile
2: <laughs> environments or I mean, I think I think there is, but that's not something that we see. I, my my wife watches a lot of different uh, YouTubers that you know aren't in the gaming sphere of things, and all of the drama that goes on with that, you know, there's so much, you know, just you know between you know fake beefs or or whatever yeah. it is between YouTubers or real beefs or wh- whatever it is, you know, there's so much drama over there. We just have not experienced it i mean i don't think we're popular enough to experience it honestly okay our
0: heads are down we're doing the work right and hardly communicating with people Uh, (laughs) if there is a weakness that we have it's that it's that we're so busy making content that we hardly ever tell people about it so gotta work on that
1: yeah i'm here for just to spread your your word around a little bit for you thank you thank you yeah well um and then i want to ask you who do you admire
0: Hmm. Yikes! As a YouTuber
2: or anybody?
1: Well, the question is uh, broad on purpose.
2: Okay. All right. That's oh my goodness.
1: Well, you can say uh, Mister Miyamoto or uh, something like oh, that. Sure. But, uh...
0: Yeah, Miyamoto should retire pretty soon.
1: <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> wow. <laughs> um,
2: I. I don't know. I think there's so many people I admire. Um, you know, personally, you know, there's people I admire, like, you know, my grandfather, my father, they've been big influences just generally. Um, as far as like YouTubers, I used to really admire um, a YouTuber named Smooth, uh, Smoothie. Swoozie. Yeah. Um, his, his stuff more recently has kind of disappointed me. Um, he used to be really genuine uh have these you know videos that were you you knew that you were gonna be taken for you know a fun story Mm -hmm. and he's a great storyteller and now he's got caught up in a lot of drama and it's just about girl problems now yeah um he used to be
0: more like outspoken about faith too mm -hmm. and like whether or not we shared the same faith or whatever, that's an admirable trait. But he's kind of lost the way off of that as well. Yeah. So
2: yeah. Um, Matthew Santoro is another one that I admire uh, as a YouTuber um, because he—you can definitely tell even from his reaction. I know, and I know that there's a lot of fakeness going along with, you know, a lot of the YouTubers. There's a lot of people who are just fake, and you can tell. From his content, that he is super real. He's a real guy. He's put out several videos, and you know, he actually put one up and then like took it down because he um, it was just so vulnerable, and mm. he didn't know if that was something that he should put on YouTube. But he he's been so vulnerable, and you can tell he's a genuinely nice guy who cares about people. And he cares about um, educating people. He wants people to. Um, to pass on knowledge to people. And so I really, really admire him.
0: Okay, I thought of three. Thank you for talking for so long. (laughs) I'll probably think of more. (laughs) So one would be Greg Farshtey, which is like Mm. the first person I ever looked up to as a content creator. And he was an author. He works for the Lego magazine and as a kid i used to really like bionicle and this guy wrote bionicle comics and books and movie scripts and stuff like that and he was so overqualified to be writing for a children's uh, line of toys that he created amazing stories and gigantic worlds that I got really involved in. And the thing about him, though, was that he would wake up every morning and check messages from fans and respond to any question that they had at any time. So he would take time out of his busy day and talk to anybody and uh, connect with them on an individual basis. So I asked him lots of questions over the years about storyline, about writing and stuff like that. And uh, he was always great about that. Another would be Christopher Paolini, he wrote the Aragon series, and he started with his first novel when he was 15 years old publishing that, so that inspired me that I was never too young to create things. And then a third one on the Nintendo front would be Lucas Thomas, who is the writer and the editor-in-chief of Nintendo Force Magazine, and he's a great guy who brings together Nintendo creators from multiple outlets and has them collaborate on a magazine that comes out every two months and it's super high quality Lucas also has a a great eye for themes so somehow he brings together every article and review and comic under one theme every two months and he just has such a great attention for detail and stuff and he's very nice, very genuine and he's given Simeon and I some opportunities to work with him so that's been really good
1: wow that's uh that's really nice um i didn't know uh, lego actually is from denmark where i'm from so so yeah Mm -hmm. i'm a very proud of 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 lego just built a huge uh truck for my with my son that he got uh, for christmas he's five years old and it's one of those 11 to 16 models (laughs) that he he really wanted uh and my my girlfriend she's oh let's give him this one i'm like "Mm, I'm probably be the, going to be the one who's going to build this, but uh, I love Legos so and been <laughs> no, okay. playing with them my yeah. whole life. So yeah, very mm-hmm. proud of Lego, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just thinking, um, like, um, some of the yeah, well, you, we talked about uh, like like growing up, like not growing up with YouTube, but but becoming famous with YouTube and and, and what it takes to to sort of make it and, and some of the things that you talked about uh, he put up a video that was very personal and he had to take it down um i don't know if you 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 know the streamer that is called dr disrespect he plays uh, mainly uh player unknowns battlegrounds at the moment um and he's gotten insanely big uh, like in the last six months or so like and recently he um he put up a short video with him basically saying that that he cheated on his wife and he was very mm. sad and, and 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 like regretful and that was very obviously a very real thing for him and he cried mm-hmm. and what I found interesting about that and and sort of wondered about is that like his name is Dr. Disrespect and he wears a uh, glasses and a mustache and uh, and, and uh, a wig in his streams so he's like he's obviously playing this character and being disrespectful uh, mm-hmm. and and that sort of it was a bit strange to me that that the guy who obviously created a persona to to appear on stream with still felt that he needed to be he needed to um, disclose something very very personal like like mm-hmm. You'd think that he created this persona exactly so his his real life the real life would guy didn't hidden. have to be yeah it'd be hidden right but he put that out himself uh, and I what I sort of want to ask you as as YouTubers do you think that that that's necessary uh, like do you have to to put your your personal your personal laundry out there or, or like hmm. personal stuff like that or or did he do that because it works or like um, what do you think?
0: I think you have to connect with people over something, and for us, that's a shared interest. For other people, it might be putting it all out on the table and talking about themselves, but yeah, we've always kind of done things along the lines of Rhett and Link, and they barely ever show their wives or kids on videos. They talk about funny stories from their past, but don't really, they keep it light because, uh, their show and I think what we try to do with ours is to give people a break from real life lift their spirits cheer them up and have fun so I think that's our approach
2: yeah and I, I I agree with you I think it partially depends on the kind of content that you can create and obviously you know with the with the freedom of the internet you can you can do with your audience what you want you can be as vulnerable or, or not as you want um, personally like Scott says, we have this shared interest of, of gaming that we want to share with people. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they do vlogs or they, they make content that's more about their own lives or um, is maybe a little bit more personal. And so uh, they, you know, will, will share these things that are, you know, kind of more personal. And I think that there's definitely going to come times in in our story where we do share more personal things. So there's a lot of things that, you know, our, our, YouTube, our audience, wherever they may be, don't know about us. Um, yeah, I can
0: actually think of a couple, though. So you can search on our channel for a video called Disaster. That was when our laptop that we edit stuff on, the hard drive crashed and the mm. computer broke. And so not only could we not edit new videos, but a whole week's worth of uh, filming was... that we had done was inaccessible. So I just had to hold my phone up and shoot a vlog and I called it disaster and it was pretty real with people like how bad it felt, how worried we were about you know, our video streak, stuff like that, how expensive this was going to be, how not fun it was. So and they were very receptive very supportive got a ton of comments on that videos like more than usual mm-hmm. so our audience went out of the way to support us and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then uh yeah there was a time when like uh, Simeon was having financial trouble so we wanted to do something nice for him and the whole crew like donated money and we were able to do that. So it's not like we're never real. Right. Uh, it, I think we're real when the time calls for it and yeah, they respond really well to that.
2: Mm. I think that that's something that at least right now and hopefully this can continue to be the case we can afford is we're not necessarily in the limelight. Um, we obviously want to have some sort of rapport with our with our audience where they they can feel that we are people they they have some sort of glimpse into into our lives and then uh we b- we're not we don't have the proper otsie, i should say like oh. we're, we're not you know so famous to where everything we do is displayed um so i think i think that that's a balance it's uh that you know a lot most youtubers can afford is being real without oversharing because mm-hmm. I think there are those people out there that do <laughs> the the dirty laundry thing because it works. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know oh, yeah. necessarily who all that is. We should try that. We should
0: thing. get in a fight. We should start two separate channels.
2: Yeah, have a we beef should. and then come back together and uh-huh. become the, make make some big money on uh, diss tracks and whatnot. Let's
1: do it. <laughs> I think it's it's very obvious that that you are genuine and that's this is this is your real interest you love this and you're doing this because you love it and and with no ads and, and so on do you do you have like a, a rule for yourselves or maybe just like in your head so you've talked about saying this is the line that we draw we're, we're not going to talk about this stuff about family or, or are you just sort of figuring that out as you go along i mean because being prep- genuine means like that you have to mm-hmm. be yourself right that's that's the whole point uh, and 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 then of course something sneaks in like the computer breaks or may- maybe if one of your wives left you, you'd, you'd, you'd like to talk about that as well and and mm-hmm. maybe there's a line somewhere maybe there isn't, I don't know or, or... It, That's
2: tough we've we've written like brand guidelines um, and so I mean they'd it, have to fall somewhere within those mm-hmm. um, but you know if, if something big like that were to happen I think that we'd find a way uh, to handle it. And obviously, you know, there's, you know, and there's more than two of us, but there's two of us here. Mm. So if, if something were to happen to both of, or to one of us, we wouldn't just pick up the camera, start filming and say, this just happened. We'd be able to talk about it and say, you know, this is what's happening. And then we can say, okay, yeah, this is how we can present it in a way that's suitable for our audience, which our audience is. Um, I want to say f- it's family friendly. You know, yeah. it's it's nothing that um, you know, is super offensive or or, or anything. And and so we know that kids watch us, mm-hmm. and so we want we want to we all want to be able to be real. Um, and so if if something were like that were to happen, there's two of us yeah. to think through it, to talk through it, and see kind of um how to go about it.
0: Yeah, and most of the time we're just delivering. Pre prepared outlines where we've put in bullet points the news or stuff we want to hit on. We're always delivering planned content, I'd say most of the time, mm-hmm. almost all the time. So, and that's the only thing I would add. Yeah, we yeah. would, we would just talk about something first and then agree on a way to present it.
1: Okay. And then just to, to switch gears a little bit, maybe, do you have any advice for, for people who want to start a YouTube channel?
2: We've been asked this question before, haven't we?
1: I think so. I can't remember what we said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think consistency is people's uh, biggest problem. It's like everybody wants to start something. At some point in everyone's life, they've probably said, I want to write a book, I want to be in a band, and I want to start a YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) So before you start a YouTube channel, my advice is make a list of 100 ideas of videos. And it sounds daunting at first. But maybe you make 10 categories, and one of them is like a retro review, one of them is uh, some kind of topic, and you come up with 10 categories, and then you put 10 specific things under each of them, and there you go. You're covered with content for the next year or two. So Mm -hmm. as long as you're not running out of ideas because you took the time to build those first, you don't have as many excuses not to, uh, to produce. You don't run into writer's block or tubers block that
1: way (laughs) and
2: and also i think another thing is you know i think scott hit on the main thing um is be consistent and uh and that's something that we can speak to is you know consistency has been good for us Mm -hmm. um and like i said we're we're relatively small and so asking us for advice is like you know (laughs) how, how much do we have to give but you know, but it could be the other way around.
1: Like maybe you, you you know that you you said no to some big offer. Or you did right. You could have been ten times a sort of bigger channel if you hadn't just done this dumb thing, or or maybe you didn't want to sell your soul to to mm. do this one thing that would have made you millionaires or like
2: something. Mm. No, that's that's actually a, a good point. Something that uh, went wrong for us, or, or something that you know, uh, uh, something that we could have done differently. Yeah. Um, uh well, I mean, like Scott said with the laptop thing is, you know, we lost a week's worth of content and we were able to, I, what I think is amazing is even through that, we were able to stay consistent as we you know sat down with our phones and he recorded some separately and I recorded my you know myself and we were able to continue that even through that disaster. But
0: so you're uh, saying have backups?
2: Yeah, have backups. Mm-hmm. that that is that is probably, the one thing that has gone wrong with us. Just recently, we recorded a a podcast, and there were um, four of us on the call, and uh, one of the callers, their um, audio program crashed right at the end of it, and they lost all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. Normally, we have a backup in place, but we did not have a backup in place. And so what Scott had to do is he had to go back through the podcast and edit out every reference um, and every space that that person was in. So uh, as if they were not in the podcast at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, oh my. yeah, and there's been so many times where we've lost audio. The audio wasn't on. Be sure to check your audio. Have a checklist. And have, yeah, have a checklist. Yeah. That, and that's something that we, we have in place. But sometimes... Things get missed. Ha- have a checklist. Make sure the audio is on, and make sure you have a backup.
0: Yeah, I've checked our audio in this recording a couple times, and I'm happy to report it's still going. So, uh, Simon, you've also said do it with a friend before, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it with a friend. Um, make it. Make it friend time. Make it. Uh, have a lot of fun. If you do it with yourself, you know that's just another reason to to be isolated. And we have a. Yeah. A very isolated world. I don't know um, what the culture is like where you are, but um, the thing that I see just more and more every day is people become more and more introverted. And mm-hmm. that's not to say anything against introverts, because both Scott and I are introverts. Yep. But um, when when you become so introverted to the point where you have, you know, you've blocked even friends out. Um, then, then that becomes a problem. And, mm-hmm. so, and so do it as a fun thing with a friend.
0: Yep. Having a co-host is good because that brings accountability automatically. You have to schedule things together. You can't just one person decide to skip. I mean, right. you're going to be in touch. You're going to want to keep each other going. It helps if you're kind of opposites in personalities, which is good. Uh, even visual interests like Simeon is blonde. My
2: mm-hmm. hair is
0: black well <laughs> I
2: I have brown hair now I used sure. to, I used to be like the blondest kid yep in in the world but I am no longer
0: Simeon waves his there. hands around I'm a statue yes so it's, it's good <laughs> having a friend who can balance you out is really good if only one of us was black or Asian that would help <laughs> you yeah.
1: just to to like completely switch away from the whole YouTube thing then uh, what's your favorite game right now
0: Wow. I guess I got to hand it to Shovel Knight, which came out in 2014, and it was Kickstarted. I played it back then, but I've been getting back into it again, and they keep adding campaigns. And every time I boot it up, I'm just so impressed by the amount of effort that's gone into this game that I Kickstarted for $10, yet they keep adding things, and every level is just like a love letter to... Mm. Retro gaming fans, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. And and for me, it's three games. I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 with my wife. She really likes Mario Kart, so we've been playing that. I've been playing, uh, if I can get Steam World Heist, uh, which uh, if you're not familiar with the Steam World games, it's like a steampunk uh, style um, of game where you're flying through space and you're, you control these robots that run on Steam, and you're trying to... You have these... Uh, it's like a turn-based... I, I can't even speak right now. It's like a turn-based <laughs> strategy where you're, um, you're shooting, you're trying to get your bullets to ricochet off the walls mm-hmm. a certain way. This game leaves me speechless. It does. It leaves me speechless. That's been great. And, of course, um, I, I continue to play Smash Bros. as much as possible. Oh, Smash yeah. Bros. for Wii U. Scotty and I love that game. Um, this this most recent version is probably the best, and so we'll po- probably be playing that for even
1: more years to come. Yes. Until they come out with a new one. <laughs> okay. There's some, uh, well, older games, not completely new. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, SteamWorld Take 2 is, is, is newer than the highest game, right? Mm-hmm. yeah I, I played the this well, yeah. the, before christmas i played the World dick 2 on on the switch it was really I, that's my first of those games really impressed i i loved mm-hmm. it a lot i've um for me it was sort of a mix between a Metroidvania and then uh, the boulder dash games like very old uh, mm. commodore 64 games which is basically a rabbit uh digging through the dirt just like you're doing <laughs> in a yeah basically the same thing but that that is just that's the only thing you do <laughs> you're just hmm. digging around finding stuff <laughs> and, and then you it's sort of uh, like that's each level is just digging through that and sort of figuring out the the puzzle that is that area and then you just go into the next area so it's a it's a much, uh, much shallower game but also of course like 30 years old or something like that but um, i really like the the steam world deck. so but but Heist, uh, sounds like a completely different game then it's the same same world but the the type of game is completely different then Yes, yeah. it is, and I think
2: the Switch version just
1: released. Yeah, so, it's the yeah.
2: definitive edition. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, it's it's new to me, um, and it's new to Nintendo fans, but it has been out for for some time.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's the case for a lot of Switch games that keep getting released every week. Is you th- mm-hmm. you may have played it before on past consoles if you've owned them. I haven't, yeah. which is great because the Switch is becoming like a best hits definitive edition console where mm. everything's getting remastered for it and you can take the games anywhere on the go it's really awesome
1: yeah that's sort of the if you read uh, tweets or articles from some of the big sites like kotaku or polygon they always the sort of the mantra is oh can this game that i really like be on Switch so that they can i can take it on the go and that's that's exactly yep. how i feel like if it's not hmm. a game that absolutely needs the power of a pc or the xbox or the playstation 4 then put it on the switch so i can play it yep. anywhere <laughs> right that's um it's it's kind of a i don't know if it's surprising because as soon as you realize that it works then of course that's better than just having the game at home but who who would have known that beforehand? That's yeah. that's a really um, I think uh, Nintendo made a, the right call there. Even even as mobile, obviously, is huge and, and super big and and its own genre. I think a lot of people. I don't know you. About you guys but i saw a lot of people saying oh the the, the phones are gonna just gonna kill the, the consoles because they're they're just gonna be just as powerful in a second and then you can take your games on the go and why would you ever need a console and if you all your games are on your phone and you can plug it into your tv or whatever and that obviously has not happened like at all uh they've just created mm-hmm. their own market uh, and and a completely different type of type of game so yeah, yeah this is not a question but I'm just saying I think the <laughs> intent was actually kind of genius seeing that uh, games on the go is not only uh, games on mobile where you just use one finger on a touchscreen, but it could actually also be all those all those indie games that can run on a on handheld hardware easily uh, mm-hmm. brilliant and uh, I just want to um, also have you read the the book I think it's called Blood Pixels and Sweat Swe- Blood, sweat, and Pixels, maybe, by Jason Schreier. Uh, the reason Damn I'm mentioning in this is because it's 10 chapters on, on game development, and one of the chapters is actually about Shovel Knight, uh, and oh, uh, I, I haven't played that yet, but I've just read the chapter on it, and now I want to play it because there was a huge Nintendo fans that uh, they basically wanted to do a new Mario. I don't know if mm. they quite succeeded in that, but they they wanted to do that polish over and over again, and in the Kickstarter mm-hmm. they... they, they um, they promised that they would do those extra levels that you're talking about even though it's it's yeah it's been a while since it came out they, they're like well we promised so now we have to do it and I think that's real that takes character like like they' they're basically working on a game that they're a little bit tired of nah, by now <laughs> but, but they did say okay so the the spooky knight or, or whatever they're called mm-hmm. he' he's gonna come out and they also said well it's just gonna be it's not going to be just a reskin so shovel Knight looks a bit different no 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 new skills so we have to redesign the levels and so on that's really yep. impressive to me so, so i think i'm i'm gonna support that is it on switch huh <laughs> yes, yes it is okay good 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 I'm, i think i'm gonna buy that uh, as soon as we're done here then
0: <laughs> good mm-hmm. i think i don't think you'll regret it no no uh, yeah and i'll try to read that book too next up on my list is console wars but uh, i'll add that to the queue
1: oh yeah yeah i think it's called blood sweat and pixels it's by jason schreier uh, the guy from from kotaku it's, it's really an awesome book uh, like talks about the development of Witcher three destiny Shovel knight um, some of the games halo wars uh yeah mm-hmm. a handful of games nice. and and he's been visiting the studios of course and talk to the people behind the scenes and so that's that's really cool uh and that's uh, of course uh, and yeah uh, for everybody listening you should try to to read that book as well it's really, really awesome what's your proudest achievement as as a as a brand or just in our life? Once again, a broad question for you to put in the answer that you have. Getting married. <laughs> wow, uh,
2: that's a big one. Graduating from college, another big one. Um, I think, as a brand, my proudest achievement was those 600 episodes doing it every week daily for 600 episodes like even rent and Link like Good Mythical Morning and, and this is the way with most daily or week daily things is they will take a break they'll say season two yeah season, three. season two season three we're gonna you know take uh Christmas and Thanksgiving off or, or whatever it is you know Rhett and Link I think they take two or three weeks off at the end of the year, just to spend time with family and the, the way we were able to record it, we didn't need to do that. And so every single weekday um, for 600, well, I don't know if the first three episodes were like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so 597 episodes every weekday.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so I I have to say that that's, that's probably my proudest achievement.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Like I mentioned, I published a book last month, and yeah. I think that was one of the hardest things I've ever done, because it was this idea I've had for six years. Six years ago, I sat Simeon down on a rock, and I explained the whole plot to him, and then he forgot
2: it, so it's great. He'll... I, I haven't quite uh, read it yet, so... Yeah, well, you'll still be surprised. I will be surprised. And, um... I, will not, uh, <laughs> I will not remember what's supposed to happen.
0: So I had to just make a point of writing, and that was on top of my two-button crew commitment. And then I had to edit it, and my editor gave me hundreds of notes of things to fix. My proofers gave me hundreds of notes, so a lot of blood, sweat, and pixels went into that. (laughs) And uh, I also laid it out, so actually putting the words on the page and designing the page numbers and making the table of contents look the way I wanted it to and even writing the copyright page which you would think is generated by some computer somewhere. <laughs> nope, I typed all that out. So it's <laughs> like every aspect of this book was handcrafted by me, and I'm really proud of how it came out.
1: Yeah. Do mm. you have a publisher for that book?
0: Nope, I self-published it, so okay. I also handled that aspect. <laughs> oh, wow,
1: that's a tough one. Yeah. I've heard yep. uh, other podcasts that I listen to about from authors, they're saying that... Uh, Yes, um, pub- self-publishing is, 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 is good in a lot of ways, but there's also mm-hmm. some parts of it that that is actually worth paying money for because it's, mm-hmm. yes. it's really, really uh, tough and, and, and they actually do a lot of hard work. So, but uh, yes. well, that's, a, that's very, very impressive. Also, of course, the, the 600 episodes. Uh, not to uh, throw you under the bus there, Simeon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, a, a lighter question. Have you ever taken vacation or skipped school just to play a video game? (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) when the switch came out I did take that whole day off work and that had a little bit to do with like a friend was flying in one of our crew members wanted to be there for the launch with us so Simeon and I picked him up from the airport and took him to Best Buy and hung out and that was a
2: Friday which was a work day but that wouldn't stop us. um i i'm a little bit more of a fuddy-duddy uh, i have not um in fact the the day that we released it was on a sunday um so saturday night um or sorry um saturday morning went to walmart spent all day in front of walmart uh bought it at midnight and then the next day um I was, well, let's see, it's 2006, so I was 14, mm-hmm. so still in my parents' house. We had church the next day, and so my dad said, you can't play the Wii when you get home. <laughs> so I had to wait you know, through the night, all the way through church. In fact, my parents were running a youth group event that day, and so I had to wait through the youth group event all the way um, through that to wait to play it. So there's that, and also with school, I loved loved school, and so I hated missing uh, any day of school. And so I actually was really upset. One of the first days of um, the semester, it was the first day I had a certain class. Um, I'd never had this professor before, and so you know I wanted to be there, be early. And I got into a wreck on the way to school, and I was probably more upset about. Missing the first day of school, then that my car had, you know, a broken windshield. Wow! So they I
0: allowed you to procreate. Yes,
2: <laughs> um, but it, it's uh, I have never, never skipped a job, never, <laughs> never skipped school for a video game, and that's and that's the honest truth.
1: <laughs> I don't think I have either. I can't remember if I did. So, well, you're not alone. <laughs> Good. Do you have a do you have any game that that you like that everybody dislikes or vice versa
0: we both went on record with metroid other m which is a really weird game that nintendo made where you would think you'd point out the screen and shoot and stuff but you just controlled it with the Wii remote sideways and then if you did want to aim and shoot your character wasn't allowed to move but we found a way to enjoy it
2: yes <laughs> and um, another one that we both agree on is Star Fox Assault. Oh, yeah. We both love Star Fox Assault. It's another one of those games that a bunch of other people very much dislike or at least disregard, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It and, was the sheltered homeschooled kids Halo. Yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> and uh, um, an- another one personally that um, I really enjoy um, that a lot, a lot of other people at least don't pay attention to is Mega Man X6. Uh Mega Man fans um don't even like it because it's you know it's not canon in the story and Inafune didn't even work on it in fact it was released less than a year after the its predecessor so not much time was spent on the development but it is in fact my favorite of the Mega Man games and mm. so um I think that's another one that um, I really like that a lot of other people don't like, um, but it's, it's a fantastic play. If you have the patience to sit through a, dying a whole bunch of times and like <laughs> Mega Man games, then play through Mega Man X6.
1: Of course, I want to be respectful of your time and also your laptop uh, um, <laughs> battery. Uh, I just want to ask you, do you, where can people find you on, on, on the internet and, and uh, social media, networks, etc.?
0: We've been lucky enough to secure the name on all social media and everything. Just make sure you type out TWO button crew. So you can go to twobuttoncrew.com or type that into YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and there we will be.
1: That was easy, the whole shebang. Any yes. any, any parting thoughts?
2: Oh, I, I I wanted to make one more plug. We are also on iTunes, mm-hmm. correct? We we oh, have a podcast on yes, iTunes, definitely. So look us up there as well. I think it's called Party
1: Podcast now, actually. Oh,
2: is it? Yeah.
1: Oh, well, that's <laughs> everybody says I mean, it, iTunes, <laughs> unless
0: you're listening on your desktop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Okay, so uh, we uh, parting thoughts. Um, no, go have lots of fun playing video games. Thank you so much for having us
1: on this podcast well thank awesome. you thank you for joining yes. me in this uh, adventure that i'm starting here with uh with the podcast uh, and it was awesome to talk to you and uh, yeah like i said i just i love getting these stories uh, from from real people uh doing something with video games uh, as something that i lo- love very deeply so yeah thank yeah. you
0: and i hope things are well out there in xbox and playstation land because we wouldn't know either way. But we wish you all the best.
1: Yeah. I think it's going well. Yeah. Good. But, uh, yeah, thank you. I thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of player characters if you want to hear more interviews with people working with video games please subscribe to player characters on soundcloud or itunes and of course tell all your friends about it you can find show notes and links on freeplay.co slash player that's freeplay.co slash player And you can get in touch with me on Twitter at 7thSunDK. That's sun with a U and DK as in the letters D and K. Thank you.